You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast episode 231, brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, Summit City Comic Con, and iFanboy listeners like you. Welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 231. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Well, hello. And back by popular demand, it's Chris Neesman. That is an outright lie, but hello anyway. I just left that there for when Tom was on it last time. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's that's true. That People do demand to have Tom back. Yeah, Chris Neesman records the Don't Miss podcast for us every Monday, and he also will occasionally write for iFanboy.com, so he's a part of the iFanboy family. So thank you for coming back, Chris. No problem. It's great to be here, guys. I, I just saw you this past week, and yes. uh, and uh, and the and the guy I'm filling in for. I, I had a had dinner and a drink with last night. So uh, as as we record this, oddly so. enough, uh, Connor met up with Tom today. <laughs> I know it's been a strange weird. strange crossover. Weekend. I will trade I will trade you Ron back for Tom because I miss Tom. Okay, we need well. we need Ron because somebody's got to do the paperwork. That's true. That's true. Absolutely true. All right, we are at fanboy.com. We like comics. We read comics every week. We read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best one they read that week. They call that the pick of the week. They write about it on the website. We talk about this podcast. We talk about the other books of the week and other topics of interest. Whew. Before we get to the show, a quick reminder and a warning. This is a review show. There will be spoiler talks. So if you haven't read your books yet, pause the show and come back. Don't ruin it for yourself. It's not, and it's not our fault if you do. So don't write the emails. <laughs> don't do that. Stay tuned. This it. has been the month of giveaways. There'll be a giveaway at the end of the show, so if you haven't won yet, stay tuned. You might be the winner of this week's big DC prize. But until then, Josh, you had the pick of the week, and boy, did you A, get it up early, and B, surprise the heck out of just about everyone hey, in the Android universe. Did you like that? Psych, I didn't like it. I was just kidding. <laughs> no. Long-time listeners, readers uh, will know that I'm not the biggest J. Michael Straczynski fan. It's not that it's bad. It's just... It's not my thing. Is it? but you've also given him a fair shake. It's not like you've just, just you read a lot of Thor, Rising Sun. We've read a lot of you've read a lot read of some Brave and the Bolds here and there. I've it's read Rising yeah, I mean, Stars. I've... Rising Sun was a bad uh, Wesley Snipes. Yes, it was. It was a Michael. It was a book first. It was a Michael Crichton book, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yes, it yeah, was. I, think I, so. I think I read that. Sean Connery had a wig in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, JMS. JMS has some really nice moments of brilliance, and you know, we've talked about this you know, a lot before. It's he doesn't always close the best. But you know he's he's written some nice stuff. Yeah, it's it's not just that. There is a there's sometimes a a high and mightiness to some of the writing that I tend to not like that I notice. I may be putting it on myself, but whatever. I you know it's not like oh I hate that guy's ruining comics. It's just not my thing, and that yeah. has caused some consternation among some of the groups. But uh, you know he's got skills. There's no doubt about that. People love that stuff. Mm-hmm. He was he, he was all over the Eisners last year. And uh, in this one, Brave and the Bold, number 33, was Cliff Chang's return to comics, which isn't entirely true. He's been working on comics the whole time. It's just that he was working on uh, Greendale. D- Greendale, the Neil Young project written by Josh Dysart. I'm not exactly mm. sure what it is. I don't know how to say it. But, it's an OGN. Yeah. Um, Whatever it is, it's going to be awesome. And he's been doing it for a long, long time. So that's why he sort of disappeared from the His scene. His return to mainstream superhero books, yes. basically. Since, so, since 
I was like, all right. And I, I, you know what? I wasn't even going to pick this up. I wasn't sure. And then I, it was kind of a light week. And I thought, you know what? Let me just try it. And to, to be honest, we put a preview up on ifanboy.com. And I didn't think, didn't think that was that good. And it's true that those pages that were on that have nothing to do with the actual story that's in the book. So I went into this completely blind. I didn't know what it was actually about. I didn't have any idea what the reveal was going to be. And by the way, seriously, if you haven't read it and you're thinking of buying it, but you don't have any idea what is going to happen in it, I think you should stop listening now. And you should skip to the next part because that is what made this good for me is that, A, I didn't really have very high expectations. I just wanted to look at the pictures. And, B, I had no idea what was going to happen. In every way possible, this was this was a perfect one-issue comic book that really used continuity in a way that is special for people who have been reading comics for a long time and know about the really special stories in comics. And, well, it's uh, funny because in your review, your first, in your very first paragraph, you said, "Do not read any further if you haven't read the issue yet, because this is this is all about a big twist surprise, and if you have that ruined for you, you won't like it." And you got it up super early. I actually was waiting for the bus on the way home from the comic store. I checked on my phone and I saw it was up, and I started to read the review, and I saw what you said, and I immediately closed the browser and I opened my backup and I read the book right at the bus stop, which was something I never do. Mm-hmm. And you were totally right. This was. A, fantastic issue, and B, it's totally dependent on you not knowing what's happening, and, and it's slowly re- opening up and revealing to you, but you were totally right about that. Well, you know, I, 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 talking about, you know, the single-issue uh, format of it, this is what Brave and the Bold should be. It should be stories like this. That's how a book like Brave and the Bold can be special, and they nailed it. Yeah, but the difference is from a sales standpoint, it's really hard to keep readers like that, I think. You know, I, because, I don't care about that. Because, well, I, I, I don't, don't care about that. I, I just I, well, I want good stories, and that's what a book like Brave and the Bold should be like. I think what yeah. happens, though, is if you drop the ball one month for whatever reason, you try something, mm-hmm. and it doesn't work, then the next month you find you have half the readers that you did. Yeah. And that's one of those things. But either way, so what we've got here is... And it's funny because when you want to talk about that surprise and having no expectations with it, there are bits in this book as you start to go through it, you're like, what the hell are they talking about? Yes. And, and it was, it's really easy if you are in the wrong mindset to be like, this is stupid. And it's one of those things where it's, it's like Jeff John's work um, where he'll put stuff in at the beginning of stories where readers just react really negatively to it. Grant Morrison does that too. And it's like, just hold on. At the end, it's going to make sense. And so I was trying to read it with sort of that in mind. And like just a little example of that is this is – it's Barbara Gordon, Zatanna, and Wonder Woman. Very beginning of the story, Zatanna wakes up from a horrible dream, goes and says, "Oh, we have some, We have to go do something." She says it to her hat, and then she goes and she gets <laughs> Wonder Woman, and says, "Hey, you should take a night off. We should go dancing." And then there's a little whispery bit, and they're like, "Well, what's that about?" And they go and they find Barbara Gordon, Batgirl, who is still Batgirl at this point, walking around. So it's obviously before the events that took place in the Killing Joke in 1986. Mm-hmm. Try to stay with me. And, um, and so, like, at one point in this, they sort of reference an iPhone, and then there's the, all the single ladies that they're singing in karaoke, which to me says that, wow, so Batgirl's been sort of uh, not only paralyzed for a little while. Well, that's, that's the sliding scale of comics continuity. And I don't know what the deal is with Brave and the Bold, if these are in continuity or not, but I decided, I was like, I don't really care. That was how yeah. I decided to approach it. I was like, I'm not going to worry about that stuff. And I, again, I still, I didn't expect anything out of it. And I really thought, like, to be honest, like the title, like Ladies Night, I was like, I feel like that's been used a bajillion times. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just one of those cliches. And they're like, they're going to go out and dance. And, and Barbara Gordon is the shy wallflower. And they, you know, they get her to dance and have fun and really cut loose for like the first time ever. And she finally lets go. And they end up in a diner afterwards. And there's this little moment in the middle where, where Barbara sort of wanders into the bathroom and she sees Zatanna and Wonder Woman hugging. And she's like, well, that's weird. And I was thinking, that is weird. And I was like, I wonder how they're going to explain that. And I just didn't get it. And then 
and then you get it a couple of pages later when you you, you see like the, Zatanna convinces I think it's Zatanna convinces Barbara to go spend more time with her father she's like okay so I'll go hang out with my dad and through the course of that scene where she's sitting there with her father you sort of they're cutting back and forth between the, the two groups of characters and you see Barbara reach for the door and it literally wasn't until that page that I was like holy fuck this, it's killing is, joke. this yeah. is the moment before she gets shot in Killing Joke. And, and I'm telling you, when I read it, I got chills. When I wrote about it, I got chills. I'm explaining it right now. I'm getting chills. I'm looking at her reach at that doorknob. And I'm like. Because you just don't want her to. Oh, you don't. And it, it, like, I'm actually literally emotional about it. And I don't, I don't have a long history with this character. I don't really have an affinity for her or anything. But this moment, this story, that killing joke is so ingrained as just a seminal moment. And they can never reverse this, by the way. Yeah, like, no, absolutely You want to talk about not bringing back Bucky? And not bringing back Jason. Do never, ever, ever reverse this because this needs to have happened. I think the whole point of the story is Zatanna had a vision of the future. She saw Barbara get shot, and and so she she takes Barbara out for one last night of fun that she'll remember for the rest of her life. The last night she could, she went dancing and they had a good time, and she danced with a guy, and and that was the entire point of the night out. People were saying, why didn't they just stop it? And the whole point of that was the discussion in the middle where they said that oracles knew the future but couldn't do anything about it if they did it would get worse so they they had to let it happen it was the moment where you realize i think i realized a little bit earlier than josh where zatanna and one woman are basically upset because they have to they're basically sending barbara off to get shot and they literally can't stop i think i realized that actually when they were she was going off in the cab and they looked really sad yeah because i was like what else could it be it was the bathroom scene where it was like are they kissing i was like well okay first of all dc is never going to allow that i'm like okay (laughs) something's out and and the next panel zatanna is coming out of the bathroom and she's been crying yeah and it's like okay that's kind of where i started to figure out that okay they know something bad is going to happen to barbara Mm -hmm. and so that's that's kind of where you know but it was, you know, it was still definitely worth reading the the rest of it and seeing it unfold. I, 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 from a, from I, pacing, I loved it. Mm-hmm. it. From a pacing and a structure standpoint, this was perfect. I yes, mean, like it worked on every possible level. He made you feel uncomfortable at the right times. It's yeah. like they're out of character. That's that's odd. But, and whenever whenever you can intentionally make someone question whether something is right or feel uncomfortable about something, and it actually adds to the story, that's that's pretty that's pretty cool. Well, the, the question really, like the thing about whether they should have stopped it or not, those are que- I'm, I wasn't questioning what he did as a, in a, in the story about why they didn't, but it made it does make you think about it. It sure. makes you think, well, Jesus, these are superheroes. This is their friend. Why don't they try? Why don't they? And I'm not saying that they should have done that, but it made me think about it. And I wrote that mm-hmm. in my review. Like, I like that idea that I, I was left with questions. I was left with food for thought. And, you know, you have to sort of go, well, geez, if you, you know, if you knew about Hitler, would you have shot him? You know, like stuff like that. Did you read the Booster Gold arc yeah. that kind of dealt with the yes. same thing? The, there was the arc where they, they kept trying to stop it and it kept getting, it kept not happening. Cause and, and Rip, pre, Rip basically, yeah, he says that, you know, it's, this is a, this is a stuck in time thing. This, this, this is supposed to happen. And, you know, I feel the same way with Ted Cord, Blue Beetle, that for Barbara Gordon and, and for Ted Cord, I think we're seeing some of the best Batgirl and Blue Beetle stories now after they've either been, you know, killed or or changed in an irrevocable way and you know i don't know if you you know uh, josh you said that you're not really vested into this character but i'm kind of the same way but i feel like i've read some really awesome batgirl stories in the last few years the uh, batman confidential story arc yep. that came out the mcguire art there have been yeah. great i don't read really, any of that stuff what, oh oh you're missing out that was you know what? I can't, it, dude can't read everything 
Oh, I know, I know, I know. Me either. Me either. I'm just saying that the character is being explored in ways that it was that she wasn't able to before. And it's I love, I love story. the. I mean, it's not quite the same now, but I love the fact that when she's Oracle, and this sort mm-hmm. of weird romance that that she has with Dick Grayson, I, I don't, you know, when that shows up, I really like that, and I think that that's something that needs that they need to have and explore, and I mean, needs to adjust over time. I think one of the things that really made me happy about this issue is that Straczynski has a tendency to. I compare him to like it's like a Michael Bay movie at times, like this giant swelling music when he doesn't really deserve it. And in this one, he was actually able to apply that effect where it did deserve it. And in that case, it worked perfectly. Everything meshed and it was perfect. And then at the same time, uh, you know, the reason I bought the book almost seems like an afterthought, but it was the Cliff Chang art. And like, if you want to talk about acting and sort of understatement and just sort and of body language, body and language everything, but, yeah. but those were the stories of this and the, the acting and the facial expressions and sort of the watching. There's that first page where the three girls step out of the cab and there's a whole lot of great things about that page. I mean, it's, it's kind of hokey. Like the two guys look out like, look up like oh man look at that you know like ooh, and, and they stand there and, and wonder woman is totally tall and statuesque and, and they've got clothes on that mm-hmm. comic book artists are notoriously not that great with fashion yes um and and the clothes <laughs> on them were all perfect like zatanna looks modern sexy and like fashionable and and diana's got a thing that you could see somebody wearing, but also like it's a throwback to her sort of roots and kind of, they, kind of the toga thing going on. And like, and then Barbara is in this dress that is a little out of date, but kind of sexy, and it's too small for her, and she's uncomfortable, and she's kind of hunching, and she feels weird, and she's covering herself up with her arms, and it's just those are those little things that that really work well. And to, to watch her, the you know when she finally decides to dance and open up, like there's like a blast of energy that comes off the page there and, and positivity and you know this you know cliff chang is not a guy he's not putting a ton of lines down he's just doing it really well mm-hmm. i really like the page where they're in the diner there's a bunch of food that's been eaten and yep. it's sort of overhead and, and barbara's leaning back and they're they're just they're just hanging out but there's a silence there's a pall that's hanging over everything he's uh, the perfect guy for this kind of story he does the nice clean lines and he he has the fashion he can make them look pretty without being exploitative and the acting is this is a story you need to have acting you need to have yeah. characters who are yeah. feeling their emotion on their face because you can see them Satana and one woman you know trying to hold back their sadness and then finally letting it go and it was great even including the mad magazine page yeah so this is this is one of those things that I didn't realize it was a mad magazine page I thought that was just a trick but I get it I, I totally wasn't gonna increase my pages um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did it this is going to be one of those issues that people talk about forever. Yes. Uh, it's going to be uh, probably up for Eisner's. I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't win. Every time we say that, it doesn't happen. But. I know. I, <laughs> I know. I'm doing that on purpose. At some point soon, you're going to You've hear just Alan killed Moore. This book's chances. You can hear Alan Moore talk about how J. Michael Straczynski has no, no. He doesn't care. He hates killing joke. It doesn't matter. He's going to say it anyway. He's got mad at Jeff Johns. He's going to get mad at Straczynski. It's like, hey, if they don't have. Well, the great thing about this comic is if you like it and you want to include it in your timeline, then you can put it there. And if you don't like it, you don't want to include it in your timeline, you don't have to. That's what's yeah. great about it. You know, I mean, uh, bottom line, it was, it was just a really good story. Yep. yep. And I think that's the most important thing is that if you have any sort of working knowledge of the killing joke, which I think most people that, that would read Brave and the Bold, obviously, would have a working knowledge of that. It was a good story. Yep. And yeah, let's you know, I'll go back and say that, you know, there's a lot of good Batgirl stories. But I mean, would you guys agree that she, that Barbara Gordon's probably a stronger character now as Oracle than she ever was yes. as, as Batgirl? Absolutely. Much yeah. better. There's right. a wistfulness about like what the past was, too, and what yes. might have been that like, adds yes. a whole bunch of weight. She um, fills a role that in the DCU that no one else fills, whereas if she was Batgirl, she'd be one of many. And, yep. you know, she's got no power. She's no, you know, she's just, she's a femme fatale waiting to happen. And now she's got like a whole other thing going on. That's so much more interesting. You got it. Now, was I the only 
person that read the Marvel Divas miniseries. Yes. Well, yep. this week we had Firestar, the one-shot. I guess Firestar number one, if you want to be technical about it. But it was a one-shot, which is basically a capper to the Marvel Divas mini, which in the same way that the Flash Secret Files and Origins was a capper to the Flash Rebirth mini, this was a capper to the Marvel Divas mini. And, Josh, you actually picked this up. I don't know why. I think it was because, what did Sean McKeever do that came out last week? It was the Young Avengers, I think. Yeah. And I really liked that. I had I had a good time reading that. So I was like, I'll do this too. I mean, this is a guy who gets pigeonholed <laughs> for doing, yeah. you know, females and sort of teenage characters and the sort of... Yeah, but there's sometimes whenever, you know, it's right. Yeah. And Sean being on a book like this is right. No, and that's right? totally, it's totally fair. Yeah. And it was one of those things, like, I don't really know anything about Firestar other than the cartoon. <laughs> and I think she showed up and quit sometime during Civil War. Yeah, she, she dropped out in Civil War. Right. Yeah. And then I remembered, Connor, you talking about Divas and somebody had cancer. Yeah, and, she did. And uh, apparently it was her. And, uh, but anyways, I just read this sort of, and I'm like, this was almost pick of the week, actually. But I decided, you know, afterward, after I read Barry with Old, I said no. But uh, it was a really good sort of one-shot issue. And it just explored sort of, is it Angelica? Angelica, yeah. I'm not sure if that's just the cartoon or not. And Ms. Lion. <laughs> Angelica's sort of dealing with... <laughs> Ms. Lion's over in the... the, the Pet Avengers. Pet Avengers. It's all coming true. She's dealing with the aftermath of having had cancer, and she was, you know, she's running remission, and she's kind of tired, but she wants to use her superpowers some, but she's got to be careful and, and trying to find her place in life. And it was totally a little bit hokey, but it was also kind of perfect. The art was by Emma Rios. She's good. She's uh, good. I just this was a story that it really helped to have been drawn by a woman. I know I don't know if that sounds terrible, but like it had you know like this wouldn't have been good if it was drawn by David Finch. It wouldn't have worked. The art had a femininity to it that still were it was good art. I, I'm not not even but it just like it kind of worked in a way that it all went together because it almost know, looked like a vertigo book from the yeah. art. Yeah, I really liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was well done. Like I said, it was hokey, but it still touched me, you know, sort of in the right places, and it was good. Did you guys read? Yeah, it? it was really, it was a really nice story. And if you definitely, if you read Divas and you had the, you went through the whole adventure because the Divas mini was all about her fighting the cancer along with her friends Black Cat and Photon and Hellcat. And now this is her sort of coming out of that. She's in remission, but she's she's still weak and she's still trying to figure out her life and what she's going to do. And it was a really nice, really nice story. It was a Spider-Man story. Yeah. Yeah. She's a, a young adult in early years of college, has superpowers, but her life is completely messed up. And Sean captures that age so well. If you've ever read The Waiting Place or his um, uh, Mary Jane Loves Spider-Man, Sean McKeever is a uh, 19-year-old girl. I'm, I'm convinced <laughs> because he just he writes that so well. And he yeah, this, no, he doesn't. But he is a pretty man. He is a pretty man. <laughs> I, I love this issue. It, it may have been my favorite. It, it may be my pick of the week. It, just because it's just like every emotional beat is there. It's right. I mean, she's incredibly sympathetic character that you root for and she's a good good person and yeah it was it was great and i and i love the art uh yes. whoever this gal is i i, I, mean, I yes. want more so yeah, she's really she great character moments and i mean there's there's a ton of emotion in this the the conversations with kind of her high school rival whose life is kind of falling apart as well and that was a great moment and and every panel was like these really true emotions of these of these people who don't really care about each other but have found a moment in, in time to kind of connect and just was absolutely nailed. So I enjoyed it a lot. If you want to talk about good character stuff in this week's Justice League of America 44, I feel like James Robinson's finally sort of getting the handle on the book 
and you can f- and finally get him to write the way he wants and the characters he wants. And I'm starting to see a lot more of the stuff that if you're a James Robinson fan that you like in this issue. In this issue, it's basically Bobo. Is Bobo in it? Dick Grayson. That's, he's not, but it'd be awesome. Dick Grayson, Batman, and and Donna Troy are the the nominal leaders of the Justice League, and they've been they're training with Congorilla and Starman Michael. That's awesome. And this issue is all Starman Michael, Congorilla, and them being having a really great relationship. And I, for, for as far as I'm concerned, this book could be all about Congorilla and Starman Michael because he really nails those two characters. They're funny together. They have good camaraderie. Just you just sold me the book. I didn't. I wasn't like you because I won't. I won't. Well, let me let me go one step further and tell you the second half of the book is leading into the crossover with JSA, which you know Robinson loves. Yeah, that's true. So now we're leading into a JSA crossover, and this issue. I guess I, I dropped JSA, so I don't know what's happening over there. But apparently, Alan Scott got hurt really badly, so he's in the they're fighting JSA Nazis. hospital. And then I guess we're leading into a big JSA JLA crossover, which if you're a Robinson fan, you know this is bread and butter completely. And I think finally. Finally, finally, after a long time, we're having a writer who can finally assert himself on the book and, and tell his stories, and you can totally see his voice happening in this. So if you like Robinson, this is probably something you're really excited about. Wow, because yes. I won't touch Justice League. I mean, that's like... <laughs> it's tough. I it's, got the stink of, it's got the stink of like a Deadpool book on it at this point. I'm like, it was like three years of, come on! <laughs> I, I, came, I came back to it only for Robinson, and, and it took a while to get out of the Blackest Night you know, hole. Now, I, I know that you're... It's Bagley still on it? Yes. You're a yeah. Bagley fan, but do you think that he fits it well or? no i don't think he necessarily fits this book particularly well but it's not terrible mm-hmm. i like bagley he just i don't think his style works for this book oh, um, yeah, yeah. It, does, it doesn't doesn't sound right to me but he, it's it's minor that. he draws a good congorilla well that's all that matters no I mean, comic book artist worth their salt shouldn't should be not able to do that right a big giant i can't say gorilla it. man so um <laughs> it was a really good issue if you're if you're again i say this the last couple of issues but if you're ever all you know, wavering about Justice League is probably a good time to jump on. This one especially because it looks like they're leading into the new story. Mm-hmm. So Justice League 44 was good. Over in Cosmic Marvel Land, we've been reading Guardians of the Galaxy and Nova for a while. They've gotten to this point where they both come out in the same week. And they both have mm-hmm. some banner over the top of them, but as far as I can tell, they have nothing to do with that. This is War of Something. I don't, Kings I of Earth. Whatever. I'm sick of that. That's driving me nuts. But it, yeah, like, some War of Thanos. Yeah. Plus the Inhumans. Yeah, it doesn't matter though. Now I think that over time, I've actually I'm really enjoying Guardians more than Nova at this mm-hmm. point. However, it's not about Nova much anymore because it just it sort of goes on. It's enjoyable. It's not remarkable. Like I didn't have much it's to a say. Sing- about it's a it. single character. I mean, you yeah. have so many, so many great characters in Guardians um, to play with. There was a really fun part in Nova for a while, but it sort of stabilized, and you're trying to see where it goes next right now. In this one, the first like five or six pages were like this. I don't even know what it was. Some intergalactic past council future i don't know but there was so much talking and i was really annoyed i was like oh come on <laughs> and then after that it was awesome mm-hmm. after that, there, there was a really laborious exposition point in that whole guardians yeah. me it's like okay the get the exposition out of the way and then you're right it turned the page I, and i was like okay here's the guardians i was literally ready to drop the book entirely i was like shut <laughs> up <laughs> i've i've tired it. it's late i've places to be Oh, oh, look, oh, Thanos. And it was basically, then you could turn the page, and it's giant, naked, raging Thanos. The Guardians find each other coincidentally. Who cares why? You know what? The only thing worse than regular Thanos is this giant, naked, raging Thanos. Gi- giant, naked, <laughs> like, feral. Like giant, Thanos. naked, out of beefy. Go away. Who are the people? Uh, and, and, you know, just like, it's funny because these characters over time have all meshed with each other. And, like, I didn't know any of them. And now, like, God damn it! If I don't love Rocket, you love Nintendo, all those characters now. I really, they're oh, yeah. fun and like they're you know like you would think that a, the joke of a 
tree who gets bigger every single issue who only says I am Groot would get old, but it doesn't. It gets funny every time, every single time. And he it, it is the cult forty-five of comics. Yeah, it does. you're right. You're right. Look at you filling in the creator's spot. <laughs> Liquors. No, um, I just I had fun with it, and like when you see, it was in our best panels of the week, but like the part where. They basically each team thought that the each half of the team thought the other half of the team was dead, and there's just been this really fun little thing where Rocket Raccoon and Cosmo, the communist psychic dog, space dog. <laughs> I know exactly, awesome. <laughs> and they hate each other because it's a dog and a raccoon. Mm-hmm. And this time they see each other, and there's this really like grudging, like it's good to see you. Yeah, I'm uh, glad you're not dead. I'm glad you're not too dead. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just it's mostly just, dead. It's just a cute, this is like a fun little thing, and that stuff happens all the time. And the testimonials that they do, sort of the after-mission briefings that are sort of put throughout it, are really fun. They shouldn't be, because they're just exposition. But they, they do they have a good job with, like, having the but characters it's, act it's, a certain it's fun, way. It's, it's funny exposition. Yeah, it is. You know, and that's and the way it's the way it's framed, is it, it, it actually makes it very interesting. I, you know, I had never noticed this before, but did you notice where they drink? After missions, uh, yeah, I, I guess I guess I did. I guess I did. They they are drinking. That yeah, was a was nice end cap, actually. It was uh, Quill, Star Lord, and and Rocket Raccoon just being like, "All right, so no, it's going okay. What do you think? Do you regret it? No, no, I think it's good. It's fine. Have yeah. another drink. Well, you know? they drink at Star One's bar. Oh, do they? That's the name of the bar. Is Star That's One's nice. bar, which I thought was very very cute. That's nice. This is a book I'm looking forward to getting in in trade. I have these. It's a book on my wish list for a while. It's a book that really grows on me. Like it, like I don't think about it. And every time I get to it, I'm, I kind of forget that I liked it. And so I, every time I read it, it's kind of a surprise. Like, oh, that was fun. Like, it, I don't know. I like that. I like books like that. Yeah. You know, if you're Buck Rogers, Star Wars, you know, that kind of cosmic story. I mean, Guardians is a book that you'll probably enjoy. It's just uh, fun. It's like a 70s Marvel book. Yeah. Yes. Slightly updated. And that's like the most fun kind of thing for me. I love that. So it's Those books tend to be the ones we like the most. We, yeah. we always talk about the 70s style Marvel books, which are but, a lot of But updated without yes. any of right. the, the sort of left. I actually movies. found like a 1977 Marvel preview, you know, the old black and white magazine that was Star Lord. And it was done by Claremont and Byrne. Ooh. It's crazy good, but it's like mid 1970s Star Lord. So I don't think you can talk about Claremont without mentioning the word crazy. It's contractually obligated. Now, Chris, I was really excited for this first wave world from DC, the new pulp planet, I guess, mm-hmm. whatever we're going to call it, DC World 42, whatever freaking number it is. And I liked the first issue, the one shot. I was excited. Last week was the Doc Savage issue. Less said about that, the better. I made a promise I would buy all of the issues, the first ones, just to see how they were. And mm-hmm. I'm happy I bought The Spirit because it was much better than I was expecting, especially after reading Doc Savage. I did not read Doc Savage, and, and you guys have kind of uh, convinced me that I probably shouldn't rush in and look for it. But The Spirit, number one, I really, really enjoyed it. More than anything, I, I'm a big fan of Mortat. Mm-hmm. and from his work on Elephant Man and I think Spirit is a perfect book for him to work on just he draws really kind of dark and cruddy looking cityscapes well and they're in the is it, is it Central City? Is yes, that the name Central of the City, city? Yep. and Mortat just he nails the atmosphere of this very bleak cityscape this uh, very corrupt city which is where the spirit uh, you know resides but he has great subtle sense of humor I noticed it today. Whenever uh, the spirit is is getting dressed for the for the night, there's like this this table with uh, with all of his stuff, and uh, and it's got his mask sitting next to a uh, a bottle of spirit gum, which I thought was a very 
funny little in-panel joke that yep. what is the spirit put his mask on with? Well, spirit gum. Yeah. I haven't read a lot of Mortat, but it had a really nice texture to it. And it was very mm-hmm. similar to, like, Kenneth Rocafor, in a way. Mm-hmm. Also, he, has, he has some European influences yes. in there as well. well not just that. You had a backup tale by Denny O'Neill and Bill Sienkiewicz, which was oh, amazing. Mm-hmm. I really wasn't going to get this until I saw it was a first wave book. You know, I didn't read a lot of Spirit historically. I loved the Darwin Cook series, and I thought I'd just leave it at that. That'd be my Spirit that experience. Was my call. But I'm glad I took a shot in this. It was a lot of fun. I especially love the backup tale. This black and white and Kevich art was just gorgeous. Yeah, anytime you work on the Spirit, there's a certain weight that comes yeah, oh, with sure. that because you're working with the Spirit. And I don't know if everyone you know that listens to the show understands the importance of the Spirit and Will Eisner. I mean, we the, the Eisner Awards, well, they're named after the guy that the Spirit was his book. And that that's kind of a big deal. So so for an artist, I, I think especially to try and tackle that is is a big challenge. But uh, I think Mortad did a, did a really nice job with it. I mean, and the, the nuts and bolts of the story. I mean, it's just it's a crime story, and so you're going to get pretty basic crime stuff. And there's an, a nice little twist in this, but one that yeah you, know, you kind of see coming anyway. And it's really just more about atmosphere and the, and the characters and 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 the spirit who is kind of this funny but uh, you know action-packed you know, vigilante. So, I mean, it's, uh, by its nature, it's just a, a fun mystery crime book. And, and it did well. It did what the spirit's supposed to do. Yep. All right, Discount Comic Book Service has monthly specials of 75% off. They got 40% off all the major publishers with flat rate shipping of five ninety five on all U.S. orders. And you can buy anything with listed previews. They've got a lot of paperbacks in stock. I believe at this point it's over 9,000 paperbacks. It's a lot of them. You can track your orders online. You can do it all at dcbservice.com, but that's not all. On May 22nd in Fort Wayne, Indiana, there's a Summit City Comic Con. You can come, come one, come all. If you are in this Fort Wayne, Indiana area or within driving distance, come on May 22nd. You can find out all the information on the Summit City Comic Con at www.summitcitycomiccon.com. Chris, are you going to that? I am going to that. Yeah, I actually. Such luminaries uh, as Chris Neesman will be there. I'm actually putting together either the carpool or the Chicago convoy, which will probably be leaving early, early Saturday morning to get down there before opening. And uh, and yeah, it'll be fun. That's uh, good old good old Fort Wayne, Indiana. So we met all the DCBS guys, or I I, in uh, this past week at the uh, C2E2. They were nice guys. Yeah, Cam and Zach and Ben, and and I know that they are. They are not just sponsors; they are avid listeners. Those guys, whenever they pack the orders, they're usually listening to podcasts, and I hear from them, you know, all the time. You know, it's usually correcting me about being wrong. But yeah, no, that that never happens. It's it's probably already happened three times tonight. Hey, Josh. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was exciting this week. Haircut. 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 When I I first moved to Los Angeles, I used to go to this place, and it was just called, like, United Haircutters. And I walk in, and the woman of indeterminate origin would say, Haircut. (laughs) Yes. And she'd say, what number? And then then it was, like, three. Because I said two once, and two was way too short. Yeah, you know, that's that's, that's an L.A. thing. When I got my haircut in L.A., when I lived there, it was like, you didn't tell them how short you were. You just told them a number. Yeah. Yeah. My wife made me stop going there. She made me go to the place where I paid $50 (laughs) instead. It's a much better experience. But the other one was, like, eight bucks, and I was in and out in four minutes. Yeah. Haircut. Um, I went two, please. <laughs> anyway, it's, e- it's 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 easier for me and Connor because there's not much to cut. Well, let's let's talk about it easier. My hair is all that I have left. It's, still, <laughs> it's, it's it. That is, I mean, everything else is subjective, but it's clinging clinging tightly to the quaff. Oh, gray hairs are starting too. Ultimate Sp- <laughs> This is getting depressing. Ultimate Spider-Man number <laughs> number nine. In this issue, Peter Parker finally gets his hair cut, and I realized while I was reading this that. 
because this issue focuses also on Spider-Woman, his female clone, that if they had gone on much longer, he would have looked just like the clone. Yes, that's true. You know what was awesome about this? Not that they gave him a haircut, which was awesome, but the fact yeah. also, and I love this, that they said it also makes you look like you have round head. Yes. This is the fourth wall breaking issue where they, they dealt with the haircut that everybody hated and they dealt with the fact that Peter Parker's had a super round head in his costume the whole time. They said it was because of the hair. I just I <laughs> love that for a couple of reasons. A, the, the round head thing never bothered me really. No, it just bothered me at one point. It's a stylistic thing, but like, it's some, like they critiqued themselves. And yes. adjusted. And then you see after that, he's got different, he's got different style head when when yeah. Hit, so. I thought that was actually really neat. But besides that, I love this new epoch of Ultimate Spider-Man. This Spider-Man is amazing friends. They're all hanging out together. Yep. You know, as far as I'm concerned, this is like we talk about things that Bendis can do. Bendis can write these groups of of kids talking to each other. Mm-hmm. For pages and pages and pages, I'm fine. With it. I don't care if anything happens. It's good. It's it's safe to come back, is what you guys are saying. Yeah. Oh God. Yes. Absolutely. This whole run. I was thinking about this before, earlier when we had the rundown, and I already knew we were going to talk about the book. And I'm thinking, you know, it's really hard after 10 years to talk about a, something new about Ultimate Spider-Man and how great it is without repeating ourselves every month. But the fact of the matter is, it has been great the entire 10 years, and. Yeah. There's been a couple of little stories I didn't love as much as the others, but for the most part, you're talking stuff just toe a couple times. But yeah, well, that's, for, that's the the most, for the most part, I'll agree with ten you. Years really. overall, through the course of ten years, and the fact that he's rejuvenated himself and the David LaFuente art, which has rejuvenated the entire book, it, is amazing. It's one of the longest running books I'm reading at this point, and it still feels like a new book. I still think of this as a new title. Yes. Like if yeah. you were to say, like, what's something newer? I would be like, Ultimate Spider-Man. That's not the case at all. Very <laughs> uh, close. But it does feel that way, and I really like that. It, oh, that's it's, cool. That's cool. It, and I feel like people don't talk about it. People don't get excited about it. Maybe it's because it's just been so consistent. But still, I mean, even as good as Amazing Spider-Man's been, I would still read this. This is still the best Spider-Man. still the best Spider-Man book. Yeah. has been for a decade. That's amazing. G.I. Joe number 17. I had actually dropped off this for a little while. I decided to come back on just sort of out of a lark. I didn't even know where they were in the storyline. And this was a great issue. G.I. Joe is the forgotten book. I mean, yeah. we talk about G.I. Joe Cobra all the time, and that's a great book, and I really love G.I. Joe Origins. It's a great book as well, and I often not even think about G.I. Joe. <laughs> Which is kind of funny if you think about it. And they're supposed to be the same world and the same timeline, but they don't fit. So I just think of them as different. Yeah. It's just fine, totally fine, and it's enjoyable that we're thinking of those different timelines. This was a great issue. This might have been the best issue they've had of all. I think of, so. All 17 I, I, and it's great that I just sort of was like, I'll read it again. What we had here was you had two things going on. Destro is in some sort of prison he's in a gulag cobra yeah. has set up he cobra he's, has he, prisons he got uppity with baroness and, and cobra commander and they, they sent him to the gulag and so like he's going to take over the prison basically and it's awesome and he can't yes. move his mouth i didn't know that i love that, that, that detail. <laughs> i can't eat no i you know like because in the cartoon like you know he was just covered in metal but it didn't really mean anything in this like it's just a big hunk of metal you can't move his <laughs> mouth and that's that's much better that's so much better of a punishment or whatever it is yeah. and then the other half of it is snake eyes is holed up with a hard master in a grocery <laughs> in the city snake eyes assistant manager of the green grocer on 125th street it's <laughs> <laughs> basically what this issue was it was a lot of snake eyes having to having to cut pineapple and, and cuts and a mean pineapple that means the vegetables and prepare the coleslaw and coleslaw. it was fantastic <laughs> <laughs> I, I I almost tweeted today that that's uh, Snake Eyes makes bad coleslaw. Yeah, well he does. I For now, apply your warrior skill to chopping coleslaw. And he, and he you know, like the hard master is hilarious. It's like the yes. mean, the mean Miyagi. It's just it was. It's just not fun. a charity. No, <laughs> it was it was like it's like oh this is great. This actually that actually really reminded me of the old series more yes. than anything uh, in a good way. Yes. No, this was a fantastic issue. This was this was the best one they've had. I think it was good. 
And I'm not a huge fan of Atkins. I think, I, I, as an artist, I think he's good, but for the book, I haven't been a huge fan, but I'm finally coming around and, and deciding he's okay for the book. Yeah. Well, you get used to it. For me, with Robert's work, it's all about who inks him. You know, I've, I've seen his original pencils, and he's he's outstanding. It it, it just it kind of rotates with who's inking him. If he has a really good inker, I like his stuff a lot. And some of the IDW stuff doesn't get the best colorists. Yeah, has, not that this was it's not that this is an example of that, but I've seen it where it just looks a little too much like he's just figuring out the computer. You mm-hmm. know? Heavy flats. Yeah, I don't know what that yeah. means. Over in Marvel, they Sif. I think it was a one shot. So Sif number one. Sif, yes, you may remember if you're a Thor reader, is sort of the Asgardian lady love of Thor. On and off, on again, off again. She's a, a Wonder Woman esque character, but she's been laid low because this whole time that Loki was a female, he was uh, wearing around her, so she's not feeling so good about herself. Beta Ray Bill shows up in a bar. <laughs> I am here. I am Beta Ray Bill. I can't get on my ship, though, so somebody else has to do it. I'm looking for Thor. She says, Thor's not around. I can help you out. She goes in, and she kicks a bunch of butt. It was a very classic kind of story. It was actually written by Kelly Sue DeConnick, who's the wife of Matt Fraction. And I couldn't have told you the difference. I thought it was it was really well done. It was fun. Who's art, the art? By? Uh, Ryan Stegman. Ryan Stegman. Yeah, right. it was, a, it was yeah. just a nice little one-shot. It felt like sort of classic sort of Thor stories. And I actually I really enjoyed it. It was a good little, good little one-shot Yeah. for those of you who are into that kind of thing. Be on the lookout for Mr. Stegman. I think he's going to be doing a lot more Marvel work. He's, he's done some great stuff with the Hercules. And the all that. funniest comic creator I know on Twitter. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I can't do the Twitter best of the week without mentioning him. Yeah, he, he makes me laugh at least once a day and makes me feel uncomfortable at least twice. <laughs> Finally, Battlefield's Firefly number two. Which, uh, for me, this is going a long way towards redeeming, not redeeming, but the first, the first tanky series we didn't love, but this is going a long way towards uh, fixing that. It makes you feel like it was worth reading tankies. Yes. what it does. I think you had to. I think you wouldn't enjoy this as much if you didn't. And, like, and now I can say to Connor, oop the spoot, and it's fun. Oop the spoot. You know, like, it's just them driving around in the tank, and you find out in this one that, oh, God, I can't remember his name, but the... Uh, the, the, guy, the, the, the guy, guy from up, up from the north. The Geordie, yeah. the yeah. lieutenant, he's got a mad on for German tanks. And so Wouldn't he's so, you, though? Well, yeah. He's taken his whole, his whole crew out to find this super tiger, this giant, scary German tank. And then one of the, the things that, that Garth Ennis does that the other people don't do that makes him so good at these books is that he takes you over to the German side. Yes. And he makes you, and there was this scene in this where a guy comes up and there he's like, listen. We're going to lose. I'm going to assume that most people aren't reading this, and I'm going to tell you why you should read it by telling you what happened. The, the, the guy comes up to his, his Ubermenster Führerschaft. I don't know how to say it. Uh, it's a very long word for. That's why the Germans lost. They were too busy talking to each other, and they just <laughs> there was no time to fight. The words are very Such long. long names. He says, Listen, we've lost this war. It's no point in us throwing all our lives away. I'm going to go. And the head of the, the, probably the lieutenant, he says, you're a good man. You've always spoken your word. You know, you've been, you fought great. I understand. I really appreciate it. you came to talk to me. Good luck. Guy turns around and the lieutenant shoots him. Yep. <laughs> you can't have this. Deserter. And this is great with that stuff. Oh, uh, and like he said, he takes you on both sides and the sort of, I mean, I, the good and evil of it goes away a little bit. Because well, yeah, on it's, the it's, battlefield, it's not really about that. You're just on your side and, and whatever. I'm not condoning Nazis. That's not what I'm saying. Um, <clears throat> but it's, it's a really... Well, I, have, I got phlegm. Uh, <laughs> I got to choke up a lot, but not over that. It was good, though. It was really good. And like you said, it just it makes tankies worth it. It, it. it was really nice to see that continued in a way that was enjoyable. So yeah, Actually, and, if all the series he's done, I think if you told me he's going to do tankies again, I would have been like, ugh. But that's actually the one that I think needed it the most. Oh, it's, and it's yeah. not hurt by the Carlos Escara art. No. Oh, no. He's real good. He's very good. Perfect for that, too. 
Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the uh, Night Witch's return, which is next, right? Is it? Yeah. I'm not. I don't even. I don't I'm not know. even looking forward. I'm, I'm just getting my head down with these books right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Night, Night Witches come back. So those are the books that we read this week. The ones we thought were interesting enough to talk about. But that's not all about us. It's all about you guys too. So you can go to fanboy.com. You can make your pull list on Monday. You can rate and review your books on Wednesday. And you can. We, we sometimes pick the best reviews to talk about. And this week, yes. we get some reviews to talk about. A zombie poo <laughs> was uh, very favorable of uh, American Vampire number two. He gave the story a five out of five and the art a five out of five. And uh, you all out there in iFanboy land made it, uh, or 2.2% of you made it the pick of the week. And uh, Zombie Poo says, the best surprise of this book thus far is Scott Snyder, who created the book and brought Steve along for the ride. I've never heard of him before, but now I'll make sure to be on the lookout for what he does next, because goddamn, this book is good. With all the different angles and cliches to deal with in setting up a new vampire saga, Snyder and King have done something that hasn't happened in a while and that's make a vampire tale that's fresh. In this issue you learn a little bit more about the rules of being a vampire in this universe and what makes Pearl and Skinner different from the other vampires. Without spoiling anything, I enjoyed the subtle twist on the usual vampire weaknesses and strengths. This is a very well written book. And I would agree with Zombie Poo, even though I'll say that the art is my favorite part because Raphael Albuquerque is a freaking animal. He's great. He is so good. Anyone with that name has to be a good artist. Oh, yeah. You can't be yeah. like, oh, these pages are by Raphael Albuquerque, and he's terrible. Uh, he doesn't he is so- I thought about the first issue the same way the second one in that this is like the best bang for your buck book out there. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, it's so dense. It's an issue broken into two stories. Scott Snyder writes the first one, Stephen King writes the second one, and Raphael Albuquerque draws them both. And almost a different, a little bit of a different style for each story. And, yes. and oh, yeah. you, it's almost like... The production's different on each one. Yeah, and it's almost like each story is worth the one issue tale. I mean, it's almost like you're getting two issues per book. It's, it feels very dense. It, it feels like you're getting a good read out of it. So if anybody, yeah. for those out there who, who really care about price point and, and how much they're getting out of their dollar, that's, a, I mean, American Vampires is, is just chock full of great story. Listen, I, uh, I, I haven't read this yet. Uh, for whatever reason, I skipped it on my stack. But I'm flipping through it, and I get to a page here, and I see a man in one of those old, old-timey deep-sea diving suits. Yes. <laughs> I, want, I, I want to know more. That was almost a panel of the week, just because the beautiful panel with the, with the light coming in from the top. That's but uh, well, it, I mean, it's just, it, it hits my you know my sweet spot because it's American history mixed with vampires. You're dealing with turn of the century, uh, like 1909 is the backup story. I don't even want to call it a backup story. It's the second. Oh, no, there's just story. two stories, and they're both equal. Yeah. And and the other story is what 1925, 1925 Los Angeles. A lot of balls to put the Stephen King story second. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but they're both so different, you know. And and honestly, it's my second favorite story. I really like. I like the. I like the nineteen twenties story. Is great. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great book. I'm glad I jumped on it. I don't normally jump on Vertigo books in the beginning unless they're scalped, but uh, that's the way it goes. (laughs) Jabron, Jabroniunk, Jabroniunk, Jabron. I I thought of it like Jabroni Uncle. Jabroni Uncle. I don't know. Jabroni's your uncle. He wrote about Captain America who won't wield the shield. Oh, really? Good story, two out of five, and the art, three out of five, and 0.21% of you made it your pick of the week. And Jabroni's your uncle says, this was a real disappointment. Who are well, your expectations going in? Well, I say the whole thing was, the wraparound story starring Marvel's very own best writers was quite funny. Unfortunately, the middle was a mess, and my head hurt trying to follow the psychedelic story about the fake Captain America and something about the thing with the book and the pendant. 
When I heard Matt Fraction talking about this book, I was very excited for the story. Unfortunately, the funniest part of the book was the fake siege checklist in the back. That, that made me laugh out loud. So skip the book and read the back page. And I didn't read this. Did, but neither of you guys read this? Uh, I saw Jason Aaron was one of the writers. That's, that's why I read it. And what he says here is exactly right. The beginning part is actually really funny. There's a, there's like a, it's Forbush Man. And he yes. has been God, resurrected right. like a killer, like brought back in the sort of grim and gritty style. And he comes to a comic bar- bookshop to find out who's ruined Marvel Comics. And sitting at a table is Ed Brubaker and Jason Aaron. And Ed Brubaker is like, keeps telling everybody about his Eisners. It's really, it's really very funny. And, <laughs> and he keeps telling Jason Aaron to go get him coffee and he doesn't know who he is. And it, I mean, it's totally cheesy. But yeah. it made me laugh. And... <laughs> And then somebody who's supposed to be Matt Fraction but doesn't look like Matt Fraction comes out. He goes, no, but this is a good story. And then there's like a – it's Captain Strange, whatever. It's like a mixture of Captain America and Doctor Strange, and it gets all – it's pretty looking, whatever, but it's awful. Like it's mm-hmm. not, I, I, don't, I couldn't tell you if it was funny because it was one of those things like – not that I want to be the guy who complains about stuff, but there's Matt Fraction stuff in the past that I have really not liked because he's trying really hard to be weird mm-hmm. and sort of odd and, and, and clever, and it wasn't. And so like I actually just – I read like a page of it. I was like, I hate this. So I just skipped through to the end with like the bits, the, the, the sort of other bits that, that closed it that were the same as the front. That part was funny. Not worth it. No. Oh, but it, oh well. I don't what know why do? I read it. Well, Jason Aaron. He was funny. He's, it's, people don't understand. He's actually really funny. He's a very funny guy. Jason has an amazing dry humor that it, you will miss it and then walk away and go, oh, damn, that was really funny. <laughs> if you want to write reviews of your books and pick them and pull pull them and do all that stuff, make sure you go to ifinboy.com. You got to sign up for an account for God's sakes, and then you can pick your comics every single they come out every Monday afternoon, East Coast time, I guess. You, you may vary. Pick your books, and then for all the books that you pick, you can choose to rate them and write a review about them. I, my, one of my favorite parts of the week, by the way, is going through and picking the number of stars I want to do with each one and seeing what that does to the average. The average is really it's really fun to watch. The average is kind of kind of be right. Yes. You know what I mean? And wow, like, you don't get out much, man. Well, it's my web. I don't. This is our job, man. What do you want from us? I haven't been out for two months. <laughs> Josh is sitting there covered in feces I saw, right I went now. Out, I went out and saw Kick-Ass, and it doesn't really matter what the movie is. I was going to love it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how was it? It was awesome. It was not it was my like, apartment. Yeah. <laughs> no one cried in it once. Uh, anyway, so go there. You can write review on all that stuff and take part of it, and we always... Write a good review, you'll, you'll show up on the show. That's what you got to do. That's what we're saying. Also, if you like iFanboy, the whole site's free. It's going to be free. Podcasts, videos, a metric buttload of content coming out every single day. We've expanded a lot. I hope you are enjoying it. I'm certainly enjoying it. I feel the bar has been raised quite a bit, and oh, I feel yeah. like I can't write anymore. I like having to write less. I don't feel like I'm <laughs> writing less. Um, so get over there but if you want to help keep that stuff going there's a few things that you can do you can click on the banners and make sure you visit the sponsors we talked about discount comic book service and the stuff on there but those are the people who you know contributing to iFanboy so if you can support them that would be awesome you go to iFanboy.com slash Amazon and click on the little powered by Amazon button there and then what happens a little cookie is placed in your computer for a, a small amount of time and anything you buy at Amazon gets counted on our account you don't have to do anything if you, anything you want cost though, you nothing extra cost you nothing and it's a really good way to help or you could buy t-shirts we got we have are we we're done with battle pug shirts they're they're done i don't know for sure well it's only like <laughs> somewhere a, in my apartment a there giant may be a battle woman pug or a tiny tiny man those are the I, only uh, ones I gotta have something to go jogging in i hear you connor wears all the shirts by the way yeah, it's pre, important. pre-worn throw up your it's true we do have the Fear Agent shirt. The Fear Agent is the only uh, Fear Agent shirt uh, that has been uh, okayed by Rick Remender. It's drawn by Jerome Opeña. I tried mine on the other day, actually, for the first time, and I was like, oh, it fits pleasantly. I enjoyed it. I need to get, I need to get mine. Yeah. I need to get that ordered up. It's a good shirt. I like it. Yeah. Uh, 
big old big old Jerome Pena art on it. I, I, Chris, I, I'm gonna I, do deep knee bends for your in your shirt just yeah. for you. Nice. It can yeah. make it extra sweaty for Sleep me. Sleep in it. Sleep in it. Ooh, that's a good idea too. Yeah. Or you could be an iFanboy member. An iFanboy member is a person who really likes this and wants this to all stick around and support it. And by doing that, you can send us four bucks a month, which is the cost of one crappy comic book. That's where that came from. Or forty-two dollars a year, which is basically the same thing, but a little bit discounted. Or if you really wanted to, you could do ten dollars a month or hundred dollars a year. And by doing that, you're just saying, "Listen, this stuff is really important to me. I can't get on with my Monday morning without my iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, my Wednesdays without the video show, the pull list, all <coughs> Don't the stuff." Don't mess. Don't mess. And the Don't Miss podcast on Monday morning. Chris does what, it for What show is that? Um, don't Miss. Ah. Um, Fraggle, Fraggle Rock this week. So, All right. That's later in the show. Yes. Calm down. <laughs> Ugh, we'll get to it. Uh, that, but that's, that's just one way that, you know, you can just take a little bit. That's a cup of coffee, you know, something like that, that you can help support the show directly. Uh, and the members, it, we, we appreciate you so much. We send everybody who, who, gets, who gets a membership a, a prize pack, some buttons and stickers, a comic book. That comic book is... Yeah. And again, the, the worse the comic, that's the more affection we have for you. Yeah, so if you get... It's like, this is a piece of shit. On the other hand, if you get, like, Miracle Man number two, I'd watch your, I'd watch your ass. That's all. <laughs> uh, at the higher level, the $10 a month, $100 a month, they get a t-shirt. And you can, you can sport that t-shirt at comic conventions or... We saw a bunch of them in Chicago, actually. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's always cool to see, like, a member shirt. You're like, wow. Yeah, that's that was the member shirts we saw in Chicago. Yeah, that's pretty. really cool. So that's how you can do it. Thank you very much for all of your support. Uh, you keep it all going, and we really appreciate it. We're running along, so let's dive into the email. The first email, or the only email for the show, is from Abu George. And Abu George says, Hey guys, love the show. You all do a fantastic job. Keep it up. Thanks. My question is about tie-ins. I would like to get your guys' view on what you think of them. Number one, are they worth doing? Number two, what's so addictive about them? I tend to be suckered into buying them sometimes. Three, when have they been done right and when have they been done wrong? Four, what does it take to make a tie-in worthy really worth it? Five, examples of what you guys feel are some good ones and some bad ones, and why? People are really hung up on tie-ins. Mm-hmm. They feel like they have to buy them, and if they get mad when they don't mean anything, and tie-ins are never going to mean anything because the main thing happens in the story. Yep. So tie-ins are a nice diversion. Hopefully, it tells you. You can't tell everyone's story in the main book, so hopefully, a tie-in will tell you what's happening with your favorite character in the side book. Yep. But that's it, all they are doing. It's really up to whether it's good or not, yeah. and that's can be anything. I mean, I can tell you right now, people are like, well, the the Blackest Night tie-ins were good, but the ones for Final Crisis weren't, and then the Secret Evasion ones weren't, but and then none of that really actually counts, I don't think, because I can tell you a good tie-in from all of those things, yep. because they had to do with the story. When you want to talk about Secret Invasion, what was the best tie-in? It was Jason Aaron's Black Panther. Yeah. When you want to talk about, you know, Blackest Night, what was the best tie-in? Probably. I, I, I really like uh, Secret Six. and Superman. Um, Superman oh, and Batman were good. Yeah. Yeah. And um, in Final Crisis, it was the John Jones one. I mean, basically, you should all be reading tie-ins if they're a character that you like and you want to read more about or them. Or the creator. You know. Yeah, or a creator that you like. Otherwise, if you're buying a tie-in expecting something big to happen or big, some big revelation, it's not going to happen in tie-in. Because they can't. Yeah. But you can get some fantastic stories. Secret Wars 2 tie-in, the, the Johnny Storm one with the... No, no, the, no, no, no. There's no good, nothing good about Secret Wars 2. What? No, no. That story, that one tie-in is a classic Fantastic Four issue. It was the one good thing from Secret no. Wars 2. No. Chris just took yes. himself off the show from forever. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You're never coming back on the show. I can't believe that just got brought up. Secret it Wars 2? God damn it. Beyonder. The only person in the world who went, no shit, is Jimsky. <laughs> you just went, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. By the way, if you don't know who is, then you need to come to the website more often. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's, that, that's what it comes down to. Tie-ins can be good. They can be bad. It all depends on who's doing them. And, uh, and really, are they worth doing? Sure. There's always worth stories to be told, and there's, they, they want you to buy them. That's why they do I, them. I um, do think, though, that if you feel like you have to buy them for an event you don't want to, then don't buy them. 
Yes. Just don't. If you don't don't if if you've never read Booster Gold and you don't know who the person is doing it and there's a Booster Gold tie-in, don't get it. It doesn't you don't need to. However, if after the fact you heard, "Hey, that was really good. Maybe go try something new." You might, you know, Whatever. That's that was again the Black Panther one. I don't normally buy Black Black Panther, but I bought it because it's Jason Aaron and it was fantastic. So you you never know what you're going to find. But at the same time, I never ever feel like I have to. I always pick and choose. We just we, just, we discuss this a lot, especially with uh, I think you guys just talked about it last time when I was on the show about like the uh, the Brightest Day tie-ins versus the X Men tie-ins. And if you're already buying the books anyway, so you're, that's fine. But you don't need to necessarily buy any extra books unless you really want to. Then you know what? Unless it's a character that you're interested yeah. in. There is a negative version of it. I think when. You're reading a book and something else, and you're only bumps reading that it. book, and something else bumps into it and ruins it. Well, X that Factor. was X Factor this week. I dropped it again because it tied back into what's happening. I, I didn't want to <laughs> go through that again, so I dropped X Factor. Quit reminding me this is an X Men book. Exactly. So, <laughs> damn it. The point is, if it's a good, if it's a character you like, if it's a creator you like, if you think you want to read the story, buy it. If you think you're gonna have to read it because it's important, don't worry about it. That's the point, I think. If That's you that. have a question or a comment or anything like that, you can write into contact at ifanboy.com. Honestly, please don't. I'm backlogged. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I got, Give me a yeah. break. <laughs> no, I, I actually I spent like hours the other day writing back to people and just like, like we get to everything eventually. Just yes. sometimes it takes a while because we get a lot of email. If you write so. in and you haven't heard back for a month or two. It isn't that we don't like you. Actually, I, I wanted to address something really quickly just about email. Because people contact us through all different avenues. And I want to tell you the best way to contact us is, is the contact at ifanboy.com email. We all get that email. That is the best way. After that, you can email us directly, and that's fine too. But really, the best way is contact. The worst way, and I've seen this crop up a couple times recently, the way you'll never get a response is to DM us to our iFanboy account. That is never going to see the light of day. Just, it's just, it's just, don't worry about it. That is a big dark oh, well of I nothing. Know, the Twitter iFanboy account. Yes. Oh, Twitter. The, I'm sorry. The Twitter iFanboy account. Do not, do not DM us through our Twitter iFanboy account. You will, we will never see that because we get so much junk through there. So, contact at iFanboy.com is the way to go. If you, you know what? Get... I'm, I'm going to take it one further. Don't ask some really complicated ass question over Twitter. Because <laughs> I, I, I have a sentence and a half. <laughs> what do you think of the ramification? No. <laughs> okay alright so this week no voicemails because we're running long I think we're long already so let's get right to the giveaway this month has been giveaway month at iFanboy we've been giving away a big prize pack the last three weeks everything must go it is, it is a sale it is a summer sale so is this where I get a gift for being a guest on iFanboy yeah maybe oh. um <laughs> Last week was the big Top Cow prize. Before that, we had a uh, other kind of prize. Oh, we had, the, we had the Jonathan Ross prize. This week is the big DC Comics prize, which includes one, two, three, four, five, ten graphic novels, including Batman Cacophony, Gears of War Volume 1, Planetary Volume 4, Greek Street Volume 1, Supergirl Who's Superwoman, Starman's Volume 1 and 2, Ex Machina's Volume 6 and 7, and The Winter Men. So you're, you're getting... You're getting DC proper. You're getting Wildstorm. You're getting Vertigo. You're getting all kinds of stuff there. That's cool. All That's across the spectrum of DC. And the winner of the DC prize pack is not Chris Neesman. <laughs> it is Desiree Briner or Brinner. I apologize. Either way, Desiree Briner, Brinner, you are the winner of the DC Comics prize pack. So congratulations. That will be going to you shortly. And next week is the big one. It is my personal DVD collection that I don't need anymore. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's just a stink of desperation about that one. <laughs> I have one man's right. These are my DVDs I don't need anymore. So if you go on iFanboy.com in the red post, you can see them. There's a ton of them. They're all basically the DC animated DVDs plus it's, Hellboys. It's plus impressive. Plus a couple of Marvel ones plus some, some audio dramas from Graphic Audio. You can check that out at iFanboy.com. That'll be next week's giveaway, finally. Nice. And, uh, and is thorough. Yeah. When he starts a collection, he finishes it. <laughs> so that's the giveaway. Congratulations, Desiree. Desiree won because she was an iFanboy member. 
Oh, yes, that's right. Yes. So that is, that's key. Uh, we're giving away stuff as often as we can to iFanboy members. After you do that, you don't have to do you sweet F.A. That's what I'm saying. You don't have to do nothing. You just be like, oh, look at this. I won. So that's how that happens. So thank you yes, to the members. This is how we thank you back. We got more stuff to give away. This isn't stopping anytime soon. Oh, God, no. I'm looking at the stack on my desk. It doesn't seem to get any smaller no matter what we give away. So that's how that happens. iFanboy.com every week, every day. Make it a part of your life. You can read Josh's Pick of the Week review there. You can read Ron's Book of the Month review, which we'll probably talk about next week when Ron comes back. You can find all of our new writers. We've got Tom Caters. we got Molly McIsaac. we got David Brothers. we got Jason Wood. we got Ben Simpson. we got Josh Richardson. We've got all kinds, plus, plus Jim Marchkowski and Paul Montgomery and Mike Romo. Everybody's there writing great stuff every day. Check that out. We're averaging like 8 to 9 to 10 new posts a day, so you've got to check that out all day long to find out what we're writing about. And we have a video show that comes out every Wednesday. This past week, where we talked about the losers. We talked about the movie. We talked about the book. We talked about Jock a lot. And uh, that was fun. Next week is part one of two of our epic Chicago show, the C2E2 convention. With so much going on, we shot two episodes worth of content. So that'll be rolling out starting next week. Again, I'm going to make, we've made this joke, but you're being presumptuous. (laughs) So that'll happen next week. (laughs) Check that out. If you saw us in Chicago, you saw us running around with our camera or at our booth with our camera. So I don't know if any of you guys have tried to edit a show with an infant in the house, <laughs> but it is difficult. So what are you going to do? Don't expect much, people. <laughs> well, there's not even any transitions in this show. So check that out. <laughs> you can also find all of our social networks there, our Twitters, our Facebooks. If you really want our MySpaces are on there. So I started watching you all on my Roku player. Ah, oh, Roku Player, TiVos, yeah. find us through all those, all those things. So check it out. We met a lot of cool people at C2E2, so thank you if you stopped by and said hello, um, especially to the Loyola... That's crazy. ...comic book club from Loyola University that, that every Wednesday gets together and watches our show. They came by the booth and uh, said hi, so thank you. All salt, salt, salt of the Earth people yeah. in, uh, in Chicago. Very nice, <laughs> if there would only been more of them. Is that the real America? <laughs> that's, the, that's the real America. I'm not. Yeah. You know, not I don't know why all these people are iFanboy fans. I mean, we tried to condition them for like four <laughs> years to only root for for around comics. Hey, we had, we had people come by looking for you. Yeah, I yeah. meant to tell you, Chris. I really like the new around comics format. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> I mean, like the other ones are okay, but I, this one's really working for me. This, this one worked. This one. Oh, yeah. the, oh. see, you're, you're just mad because we got we got one last. Uh, Josh dig on the last episode, which was one of my favorite moments of that. I of that think, <laughs> I think that that was pretty bad. That was awesome. I, I'm wondering if I wrote it like ironically, but who knows? Back then, no one we didn't think anyone was reading. I mean, <sighs> like we pay attention now. <laughs> um, I wouldn't have let that get away. If be. you if you if you were a bad writer now, there's no way that we would do that. Uh-huh. But that actually flowed from your pen or yeah. <laughs> into your keyboard. Longhand first. If you don't know yeah. what I'm talking about, you go back and listen to the last episode of Around Comics. I hear that Sal retired again. Again, Finally. yeah, wow, but great. we're formulating a, a return a, re, a return plan. That's so. wonderful. You can email us at contact at ifanboy.com. We talked about it earlier. Or you can leave us a voicemail. We didn't have time for that this week at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. Any kind of questions, comments, whatever. If you want to get your voicemail read on the show, make sure you keep it kind of short. Uh, don't ramble on forever, for God's sakes. Let us know who you are and where you're from because that makes it interesting for us. And, you know, try not to call on a shoddy connection on the highway. 
Although sometimes that's funny. I'll be honest yeah. with you. If you like the show and the stuff and everything like that, go to iTunes, leave a review, leave a review for this show, leave a review for the Don't Miss podcast, leave a review for the, the video shows, any of that stuff. That's how people get to know about it. But even more than that, if you know somebody who will like it and they don't know about it, make sure you tell them about it Just or send it to them. Send them a link. Do all those things. We really appreciate that. Talk about it in the comic shop if you need to. And that's how it gets done. And we appreciate Yippee. everyone who's ever done that. It's awesome. Yes. There's That's show. the show. There's your show. There's your show. <laughs> Thank Good. you, Chris. It was great. I, 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 it was uh, nice. To, I've had an iFanboy week. Chris, 11 o'clock comics. Tell people about that. Yeah, uh, 11 o'clock comics comes out usually every Thursday, and it is a much longer uh, format than this. It's usually two hours, and it's a lot of talking over each other and, and uh, waxing poetic about our favorite comics. And, and uh, don't have jobs. Pretty pr- well, no, they they have long commutes or they <laughs> uh, they don't have to pay attention like Homer Simpson. Eat- Exactly, exactly. A lot of uh, assembly line uh, workers, I believe. But uh, no, it, it's a great group of guys. Uh, They're Jason probably the Wood. same people. <laughs> the audience. Like, I mean, who am I kidding? <laughs> they are the same people. I just but, insulted no, my own no. audience. No, it's a, it's a, it's a great a great group of guys, uh, Vince and and David and Jason and I and we um, just like you and Ron, we uh, we get together once a week and and really enjoy each other's company over over Skype and talking about comics. Well, let's That's not be presumptuous stuff. about well, you how know, much I, we I've, do I've, or don't I've, enjoy this. I've heard about your police like feuds and 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 that kind of stuff. So it's uh, I'm waiting for the spinoff shows, you know, and your own little side projects. You may I, not know this from our repartee. I actually haven't spoken to Connor socially <laughs> in three and a half years. I like to position my microphone so I don't have to see Josh. <laughs> we had a disagreement in episode 15. Yeah. It's been rough ever since. About, all this is, all this is edited together later. Yeah. We're actually not recording this at the same time. It's a lot more work. I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's worth it. I hate him <laughs> so much. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Chris, for coming on. That's it for this week's show. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, I'm Connor. I'm Josh. I'm Tom. Wait. Oh, wrong, wrong script. I'm that's Chris. The, that's the typo. It went all the way to the end for the typo this week. <laughs> yes. Good work. <laughs>